Good evening. It is good to see each and every one of you this evening. If you are visiting with us here at Olive Branch, you are indeed our honored guest. Before I begin, I want to thank the elders for giving me the opportunity to stand here and preach from God's Word this evening. If you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. We'll begin in verse 10 and go through verse 18. Brothers and sisters and dear friends, we are in a fight. We, are in a, we, we see fighting every single day. The fighting that we see, though, may be on a large scale such as nation versus nation. It could be on a smaller scale such as fighting within the home. But nevertheless, there is fighting each and every day. And we are, as Christians are constantly fighting. But our fighting is not physical. It is more spiritual fighting. And here in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes to the Ephesian brethren and he tells them about this fight. And he asks them, are you ready? Are you ready for this fight? And he begins with, with a plea. Then he tells them, identifies the persecutor. He then tells them of the preparation that is needed. And finally, how they are to persevere. Tonight, we will look at Ephesians 6, through 18, 6 10 through 18 and look at these aspects. But first, let's look at the plea. Paul says... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul pleads with them and, and he encourages them to be strong. Not this physically strong, but spiritually strong. And he tells them that that strength is only found in the Lord's might. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, pleads with the Corinthian brethren. He says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor in the, in, is not in vain in the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 3.8 he says, For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. And the psalmist in the long ago in Psalm 31.24 said, Be of a good courage and he shall strengthen your heart all ye that hope in the Lord. That was Paul's plea for the brethren in Ephesus. What about the persecutor? Beginning in verse 11, Paul writes, Put on the whole armor of the God, that ye might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul begins warning that the brethren there in verse 11 of the adversary, the devil. And he says that, that he is going to use everything in his power to get to them. The devil does the same today for us. If you'll look at 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, John writes in verse 16, he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not the Father, but it is of the world. Those three things the devil uses to try to get us today, just like as he did to get the Ephesian brethren, attempted to get the Ephesian brethren in the long ago. The devil also used those three tactics against our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, beginning in, in verse 1, we see the devil using the lust of the flesh to get to Christ. It says, and then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 
And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, turn, command these stones to be made bread. He took that lust of the flesh and said, looked at Jesus and said, If you're really the Son of God, turn those stones to bread. But Jesus didn't give in to that temptation. Jesus answered him and said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Then the devil tried another tactic. He said, well, I'll tempt him with the pride of life. And in verse 5 we see that the, then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. And saith, to them, saith unto him, if thou be the Son of God, cast down thyself, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone he takes that, that pride of life and he says see all of this you, 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 if you're really truly the son of God throw yourself down prove it to us the devil tries to get at us the same exact way today but Jesus again said it is written Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then in verse 8, the devil used the, the lust of the eyes to try to get to Jesus. Verse 8 says, And again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory in the, of them, and saith unto him, All these things I will give to thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. The devil takes him up and says, See, here's your lust of the eyes. You see all this, it can be yours. All you have to do is worship me. But what did Jesus say? Again, he said, it is written. He said, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil tries to get at us the same exact way, with the same three ways as he did Christ in the long ago. But in verse 12, Paul reminds them that the war that they are in is, is not particularly with flesh and blood, back in Ephesians chapter 6, but rather it is with those who are in high places that, that, that serve the wicked one. We have become that heathen nation almost to the certain aspect. We have, as, as the United States, we have taken God out of schools, we have said, no, you can't pray to God in our schools. We have, we have taken him out of our courthouses now. And many times when you go into a courthouse, they will not let you swear on the Bible. They will not even have a Bible in there. We have even taken God and, and recently on our money, we have tried to hide him on the side of our coins where it says, in God we trust. Solomon wrote in the long ago, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Our nation is starting to suppress that righteousness. We cannot have that. Paul warned the Ephesian brethren that that would come in their time. And unfortunately, it is happening today. We as a nation, we have, have taken things and we've tried to dress it up to make it sound good. We have taken the killing of innocent children. And we've put a little politically correct term on it to make it sound a little better, and we call it abortion. 
brothers and sisters and dear friends, you can take a mule out of the pasture. And you can put that, a, a nice dress on that mule. You can put it in high heels. You can put makeup on it. And you can put a crown on its head and call it a beauty queen. But bottom line, it's still a mule. And abortion is still murder. The Bible even says in Matthew 19.8, Thou shalt do no murder. And that's exactly what abortion is. We need to make sure that, that we are aware of this persecution that is befalling us today and we need to stand up against it. What about the preparation? In verse 13, Paul writes, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in that evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewithal ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul tells them to, to be prepared. By, by being prepared, you must take on the whole armor of God. He says not just part of it, but all of it. And then he begins to list it. He says that they must take that truth. He says, have your loins girt about. He says, take that truth, wrap it tightly around your body. And we must do that. John says in, 17, in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In Psalm 25, in verse 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me me for thou art the God of my salvation and on thee I do wait all the day we need to make sure we too have that truth wrapped around our bodies then he says to have the, re the righteousness the breastplate of righteousness have righteousness in your heart 2 Timothy 2 2 flee youthful lust Paul writes but follow righteousness faith charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We should make sure that, that we keep righteousness close to our hearts. In 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul writes, Now the end of the commandments is charity out of a pure heart and, out of, and of a good conscience and faith unfeigned. Next, one must have a solid foundation, Paul says. He says, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We, we know our feet are, is our, it's, it's our foundation. That's, that's how we stand. And our foundation should be accomplished through the gospel. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, Christ said, He is like a man which built his house and dig deep and laid it the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat violently upon that house. And it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. That the gospel is our rock. That's what we should found our foundation on. But if we don't, we're like he says in verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation. Built his house upon the earth against which the stream did violently beat violently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of his house was great. What is our foundation tonight? Is it in the gospel? 
And the last three things that Paul says to the brethren here in Ephesus, he says, take the shield of faith. That one may be able to reflect those worldly darts that the world throws at us. Reflect them off with that shield. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 11.1. That evidence of our faith can deflect those fiery darts of evolution that is thrown at our children every time they walk in a school building. Our evidence of God, of the nature that we see out that God created, will deflect all those fiery darts of evolution. It will show that, that, that truly this world didn't evolve, that God created it. The, the evolutionists, the scientists say that you have to have matter. Matter produces matter. Well, the question is, what matter produced those first two rocks that, that banged together in the Big Bang Theory to, to create the earth? Nothing did. God created the earth. That's the only thing, and, and our faith in God is what we need to combat that doctrine. We also need to take on the helmet of salvation. That is that assurance that if we have obeyed the gospel and that if we have remained faithful to it, that we do in fact have salvation. We have that assurance of it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, Paul writes, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. 2 Timothy 2.10, Paul writes, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that ye may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And also Paul wrote in Romans 1.16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And one must take the sword of spirit, which Paul simply states is the word of God. For the word of God is quick, it's powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4, verse 12. The word of God can be used for offense, and it can be used for defense. But we must know how to use it. How do we learn how to use the word of God? Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.15 to study, to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's how we are to be prepared. Finally, what about the perseverance? Paul writes in Verse 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul says to, to part of persevering is prayer. We do not need to neglect the power of prayer. In 1 Timothy, or 1 Thessalonians 5:17, Paul simply put, pray without ceasing. In 1 Peter 3.12, Peter writes, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteousness, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Do we pray? 
Are we praying enough as Christians? Not only for, for help to watch out for the devil, to overcome temptation, but are we just praying to thank God for everything that he does for us each and every day? And are we praying for the perseverance of our brethren, that our brethren can persevere also? We are to pray for one another. Galatians 6.1, Paul writes, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest also thou be tempted. Are we praying? We are indeed in the fight of our lives each and every day. But if, if we do what, what Paul says, if we adhere to that plea and be strong in the Lord, we can win. If we identify the persecutor and we know what he th is going to throw at us, we should be ready to take it. We can overcome him. If we are prepared by putting on the whole armor of God, we will in fact win. And finally, we must be able to persevere. We do that through obedience. Part of that is prayer. We can accomplish this and we can win. Tonight I ask you, have you heard the plea? Not, not the plea from Paul, but the plea from Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know who the devil is. You know who your persecutor is, but are you prepared tonight? Are you prepared because you are a Christian? Or if you're not, then become one. Become a Christian tonight. You've heard the word. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You believe what the word says. In Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Then come. If, you, if you've heard the word and, and you believe it, then come and repent of your sins. Turn from that sinful lifestyle you may be living. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. After that, confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, He that confesseth me, whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. And finally, be baptized. Having your sins washed away in Acts 22:16. Now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. And wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And then try every day to persevere. As Jesus said in Revelation 2.10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. The question is, are you ready for the fight? If you are a Christian and you have fallen away, if you've let sin creep back in, if you've let that persecutor grab a hold of you once again, then John says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 if you realize you have a need, we are here to pray with you and pray for you. But come while together we stand, while we sing.